about developing self-awareness, self-confidence, and self-determination through living honestly and practicing self-love. Thank you for joining us today. Today, as promised, we will discuss how food is being used to diminish your autonomy and how your food choices can be used to bolster your self-confidence. To introduce some more clarity into the discussion of self-confidence in this context, let's look at self-confidence as the tool through which you feel empowered to control the various aspects of your world, the way in which you derive a sense of success and good feelings about yourself. The definition of what a food is appears to be ambiguous, still, and agenda-driven. The clearest and simplest definition I have found is as follows. Food is any substance consumed to provide nutritional support for an organism. It is usually of plant or animal origin and contains essential nutrients such as vitamins, fats, proteins, minerals, and carbohydrates. It is the substance ingested by an organism and assimilated by the organism's cells to provide energy, maintain life, or stimulate growth. This is from the editors of the Encyclopedia Britannica, 2017. On some level, this definition would have been meaningful to the nomadic hunter-gatherers. Food was just simply an item that could be captured or harvested and consumed daily to provide nutrients needed for energy production and to maintain life. It can therefore be inferred that these folks were able to recognize what it is they were eating and whence it came from, even if it were a bit sharp. As humankind advanced and communities formed, the need to preserve food for times of scarcity saw to the development of preservation techniques, many of which are still in use today. For example, pickling, fermentation, drying of food. As we continued to evolve, settle, and industrialize, the need to feed and shelter a growing populace became a priority. Food preservation became a science and ways to enhance food production by supplementing or even subverting nature became a necessity. Enter the era of the mass production and the inevitable commercialization of food. National guidelines were then deemed mandatory to keep things above board. Also, enter a legal definition for food or foodstuffs as it is referred, which goes as follows. Food is any item that is to be processed, partially processed, or unprocessed for consumption. The items included as food include any substance intended to be or reasonably expected to be ingested by humans. In addition to these foodstuffs, drink, chewing gum, water, and other items processed into said food items are part of the legal definition of food. Items not included in the legal definition of food include animal feed, live animals, unless being prepared for sale in a market, plants prior to harvesting, medicinal products, cosmetics, tobacco, and tobacco products, narcotics or psychotropic substances, and residues and contaminants. United Kingdom Office of Public Sector Information. Again, fast forward a few years. The biochemists entered the picture with promises of creating better tasting food that was convenient and simple to prepare. An industry developed that sought to the creation of new and enticing substances to enhance taste and preserve food for as long as it was needed. In order to standardize and bring conformity to scientific research processes, this circular scientific definition of food was created. 
Food is an article manufactured, sold, or represented for use as food or drink by man, chewing gum, and any ingredient that may be mixed with food for any purpose whatsoever. This is from Science Direct. This latest definition then allowed anything to be labeled as food, regardless of the nutrient content, its constituent parts, its ability to be digested and assimilated by the body to maintain and facilitate life. Who knew defining this ubiquitous essential item, long utilized by humans and so necessary for survival, would be so enigmatic? Notice that none of the definitions that change the basic nature of what food was address standards for quality or safety of the substances classified as food or foodstuffs. Should we then infer that the items proffered for consumption need not be safe or at minimum meet some minimum standard for safety according to the industry? Here today to help us discuss the issue for the first time on the Inner Odyssey, we have a guest. <laughs> Hello everybody, I'm Erx. How are you guys doing today? So Erx, what do you make of the evolved definition of food from something so simple and self-explanatory to things that can be virtually anything? So as far as the definition, the definition given there for food, I feel like that definition is this, that definition was broadened to include to, like to include things like like chemically like chemically manufactured things and things like that just basically i think that's that definition is all about money it's not really about it's about it's not really about just defining food you know like on a regular on a regular scale it's it's, it's meant to it's meant to include other things that aren't really food like 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 products that aren't really that good for us just so they can sell it to us you know what i mean like yes it's a just it's a, it's a definition meant to justify those exactly things. That's what exactly I so i think also that the complexity introduced into the, into that definition arises because of the need to commercialize and mass manufacture fruit as you said like for profit rather than to maintain yeah. the definition to actually feed maintain people. the definition that food should be something that's nutritious because you, well, if you, if you, if you, yeah, if you're not in the ingredients or anything, like, I, f I feel like maybe like 90% of those things listed in the ingredients, we don't know what they are. And that is very true. And I think yeah. that's by design because who, average, co average consumer, who actually goes and look up what polysorbit something is? You know, nobody does that. Nobody does yeah. that. We trust that the people that are making the food for us are gonna have our best interests at heart, right? And not give us stuff that's not yeah, poisonous. Which they, which they don't. Right? Yeah, it's a capitalist, it's a capitalist. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. so. Since the simple ingredients typically used as food are not shelf stable, for the benefit of convenience, the need to subserve our busy lifestyles and the ceaseless demand for food that is cheap, quick, and easy to prepare, we need those other things to help. Those undefinable things that can be mixed into food for any purpose whatsoever. Food that was easy to obtain, simple to prepare, abundant variety, lasts forever, tastier than you can ever envision it could be, became readily, readily available and necessary to maintain the new way of being in an evolved society. Take flour, for example. If it, if it was just milled, it would last about a few weeks and you would have to refrigerate it so it doesn't go rancid. 
However, the highly processed white flour has had all its nutritious parts removed. And so these things can last on the shelf for anywhere from 12 to 24 months and indefinitely if it's stored in dry conditions. And to counteract the fact that white flour is not nutritious, manufacturers then reintroduce minerals and, and vitamins into the flour. So when you have a bag of white flour and you look in there and it says enriched, that just means that they took out all the good stuff and then re-put it back in, in a different form that's more shelf stable, but not necessarily nutritious yeah. for you. I think that they, like we were saying earlier about the words and stuff, I think they put the gist <laughs> back in. I don't think they put the actual. I, I you know what I mean? Is that, you know, I think they put the. Yes, I understand what you're saying. Huh? The gist of it, the the the, the so we can feel yeah. that we're getting something yeah. out of this. You know, it's not just empty yeah. cardboard basically that we're eating. That's a good way to put it. The gist of exactly. it. And a lot of times you'll find, like, if we're actually paying attention to these ingredients that are on these products, we'll find that a lot of these ingredients are also in products that aren't consumable. Good, excellent point. That is very, very true. So a lot of these chemicals have multi-purposes, mul multiple purposes, because they're like a stabilizer. A stabilizer can be used from oil, car oil, to, to food you're eating. So you get the question, if it's so non-specific, is it toxic? And that's my biggest thing about this food conundrum. It's like we have to eat, but the stuff that we're being provided to eat is not particularly wholesome and healthy for the most part. I think the the, the effects. I think the effects are hard to gauge because they're so they're so long term. Like like they're almost microdosing us with this with these harmful chemicals so we wouldn't be able to see it in a right. lifetime what it right does to and you. then we don't know if it's affecting the dna going forward so then you can say if you do like a, a long-term study to investigate the buildup of some one of these compounds by the time the person dies you have a you have a certain level in their blood but then if that person had lived to 120 years old, then you would have seen it accumulate to be toxic levels. And that's a good point. As a matter of fact, I was just listening to um, a, a, another a podcast this morning and they were talking about um, the uh, weed killer, Roundup. They were talking about Roundup, Roundup. And they were saying studies were done that showed these things do not cause the cancer that is attributed to them. Right. So they looked at people who've been using Roundup for like maybe 20 years. Right. Continuously. And then they're saying these people uh -huh. did not show an increased incidence of having this cancer. But then had those persons lived to 60 years, what would the research show? Right. You know, we don't know, exactly. or we, we kind of do know because not everybody responds to these toxins in the same way. And also to add, to add to that too we have to kind of be careful where we're getting this information too because if you think about it these companies that are manufacturing the food right. they have billions and billions of dollars and they can't afford to to a little group with people discussing things that seem to be objective but they're actually exactly. pushing exactly. their own agenda and that straight, happens you know I mean? it's shown time and time again that a lot of these big manufacturers like you said with this big bankroll they can hire people to do a study and then only report results that are favorable to the company or the product. It happens all the time. 
And you know, but but exactly. but then this the studies and stuff are presented in a way that you see here, Joe Blow consumer, this thing is actually good. My research, famous research scientist said it was. And you know, the regular consumer like, oh okay. Exactly. He said, okay, okay. And half the time the doctors, yeah, the experts and the doctors that they show, they probably they're probably just doctors per se. Like they wouldn't even be doctors in that spe specified field exactly. of you know what I mean? Discussion yeah. or whatever. So <laughs> So no longer is the backyard garden or farm a possibility or necessity in light of the fact that food is uh, now mass produced and easy to obtain, despite them being not prepared with regard to quality or nutritional profile. Everyday items made with concoctions synthesized in the laboratories of food scientists from chemicals that we are not able to even pronounce or ingredients modified and enhanced to add artificial flavor and shelf stability are preferred. The fact that these concoctions provide no nutritional benefit and are incompatible with our fragile digestive ecosystems seems irrelevant. The fact that many are toxic and not life-affirming seems hardly a consideration or deterrent for production. Technology has met nature and impossible foods and miraculous edibles are being created. For our convenience, of course, a convenience that is culling us in droves in exchange for profit, comfort, and instant gratification. So, you may be asking, what does all of this have to do with self-confidence? As I mentioned before, in the context of today's definition, we will look at self-confidence as that thing that provides the drive to be able to decisively act and control your world. I'm not saying that if you are not healthy, you do not have self-confidence. What I'm saying, however, is that if you are unhealthy, your sense of self is not robust, your desire to be autonomous is reduced, and your ability to exercise control of your world is diminished. In other words, what modicum of self-confidence you do retain is greatly deficient. What is the first thing to go when you feel ill? As we will discuss today, the amount of health and vitality that you have to interact with the world is instrumental in building and reinforcing your confidence in self-efficacy. In reference to what you was just saying, people go day to day and a lot of the options that we have for things are, they're cheap, like we said, and they're not that good for us. So people supplement as far as like their energy is concerned, like you're not getting your energy from the foods that you need. So people do things like drink coffee and stuff like that mm -hmm, to get mm -hmm. a little, a short-term boost. But these, the other substances and things that we, like caffeine and things and soda and all that stuff. If you had a better diet, you may not likely need these stimulant things to keep your energy up, to keep you going during the day. Basically, yeah, exactly. what, you're, what you're saying. I yeah. don't know offhand any yeah. research studies have been done to prove that point, but it is clear that people, you know, everybody wants to have that wake me up cup of coffee. I am not a coffee drinker, so I don't know what that feels like. I drank coffee before and, and I know it was pretty strong that day because I was getting a weird feeling. You know how uh, like your leg or your hand or something falls asleep and you get that kind of feeling like you got ants in it. Mm -hmm, like I was, mm -hmm. I was getting like my body was buzzing but all and also too um as far as these chemicals and things in the food you know what i was thinking too a lot of these chemicals like a lot of these chemicals they're added to things i don't think that it's research in a way to where 
to like to, to understand like you know is this addicting because caffeine in itself is addicting you know what i mean like, it's in a lot of things and I, like i tell my i tell my daughter that like you don't want to drink right. anything with caffeine you don't want to drink coffee and i'm like that's drugs too they just they just they, they just convince the public that well, it's not actually so they can sell it there you. is you know research I mean? out there that shows that many of these chemicals are toxic but one of the things I, that I, um, I I didn't put into into this article, but I found out in my research for the article, is that the research this these some substances have been introduced into the food supply way back in the 1960s and 1940s and stuff like that, right? And so, going forward, you would think yeah. with an advancement in technology, people are gonna go, okay, let me re let me relook at this thing, right, and make changes. But do you have any kind of drive to do so? Because what if you have this compound, let's say fragrance number, no, 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 uh, blue dye number one, right? Or whatever they're called, right? Blue dye number one. You introduced this into the food supply yeah. back in 1940. Uh -huh. And today, with the advancement in technology, we show that blue dye number one is actually toxic. What are you going to do? One, you're going to lose money. <laughs> You got to take it out I the food supply I, because now everybody knows it's toxic. Yeah, so you're going to exactly. have to take it out of the food supply. You're going to lose money. You're going to have to reformulate all your fancy, uh, in you know, your recipes to making, I don't know, what what is this thing called that I used to like a lot of um, Pop-Tarts. Like, right? You know, Pop-Tarts, yeah, right? Think of like Pop-Tarts. And, and, okay, and, and okay, okay. we now have to go reformulate yeah. that. That is a whole lot of money. It's going to take a whole lot of time. You're going to be losing market share in this, which, as you said, the big purpose is money. So nobody has the drive or the determination or the interest, for that matter, to go back and reinvestigate as to whether these compounds. But I am sure, I am sure the, the research is out there that says that this may be possibly toxic to humans in sufficient enough doses. There's this stuff, there's a, there's a whole group of chemicals, it's on the FDA website, yeah. where they, they, they're called GRAS, G-R-A-S, generally recognized as safe, right? These are a multitude of compounds, stabilizers and, and, and emulsifiers yeah. and all different kinds of things that are used in food regularly, generally recognized as safe. So that tells me it's not unequivocally safe, right? It is okay, in this low dosage, it's okay. It's okay. But as you said before, over time, exactly. what exactly is happening? We know that our DNA from years and years of research, our DNA is pretty fragile and it, it reacts to things that we consume. And so how is this generally recognized as safe ingredient interacting with our DNA? We don't know. We don't know, and nobody has the desire to go find out. Also, to add to that too, with, with, with all this craziness that's going on right now, I feel like um, these chemicals and things—they're not only changing our DNA, but they're changing—they're changing the the chemical structure of like of like a lot of bacteria and and viruses and things of that nature. Like these bacteria and these viruses—they're not—they're not evolving and mutating just on their own like they're in a natural a in, in a, a way that to, to, to were there things, not you know I mean? human input they would have you, you're saying that they would have, they would have been evolving differently 
they may not have become yeah. this virulent, if you will, if left exactly ISIS. ISIS. This is right. why they're so hard right. to fight, right. like these new these new sicknesses and right. things like right. that. Right, right, you know I mean? right. Kind of, kind because of. Because we're um, actually helping them. Uh, one, one thing I was reading about too was um, antibiotics are not working as they did before. You know, in 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 hospital situations where. 10 years ago, let's say, one anti- this specific antibiotic can kill this specific bug. Now it's not, it's no longer being able to do that because the bug has developed resistance to it. Right? <laughs> yeah, just the same way how we get vaccines, the bugs and are that's vaccinated a, that's themselves. An interesting, that's an interesting uh, way to look at it. I didn't think about that before, but that, that could be very well, that could be very well what's happening that's kind of basically causing us to be sicker and 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 again calling us uh in a in a way that, but we're responsible for that we're responsible for it in the long run wow interesting i didn't i didn't think about that before okay so we're going to continue what is health what facilitates health i believe that health starts with what you eat when you first came into this world what was the first thing you got a bottle or a breast nourishment and as you continue to live what sustained you and ensured that you were as strong and healthy as you are today and going forward food that's interesting too because you i often hear that that people that are breastfed you're you have better resistance than people who are like who grew up like drinking formula from their mother's milk right and, and, and antibodies that's and pretty, stuff like that's that a pretty um, well-established thing but despite that yeah. What do we have? We have sometimes I think we have kids who aren't for whatever reason they aren't able to be breastfed and they grow up. I haven't seen any um, research showing whether or not um, these kids who were breastfed versus formula fed, if they're you know if they're more susceptible to diseases or allergies or something like that. I haven't I haven't uh, looked into that research, but I'm sure there's going to be a difference there. I'm sure. According to the USDA, food that has been genetically engineered in a way that could not be obtained through conventional breeding or found in nature is considered bioengineered food. These foods commonly today are made from alfalfa, canola, corn, cotton, potato, salmon. There's something called aqua advantage where salmon are farmed. There's soybeans, squash, sugar beets, and certain varieties of apple, eggplant, papaya, and pineapples. So all these items, if you if you if you kind of look at that list, these are staple items in our diet. You have canola oil, corn oil. These things are like basic for cooking. And here they are being modified in ways to make a larger yeah. yield of the crop or to keep it more shelf stable. I don't know the, the reason for the modification, but again, it goes back to convenience and financials. Yeah, and they also mislabel these products to, to make you think that they're organic or that they're like, like as far as the, the mm-hmm. let's say the salmon, you'll find that the, pro- the package might say wild caught. And any time I see that, I, I never actually believe it. I always think in my head, I always picture when it says wild caught, I always picture the salmon at the farm was flipping around and he was acting wild when you caught him. 
you know what I mean? Rather right. than be caught it in the actual wild from an actual river or saying. sea or something to that effect. You know what I mean? If you kind of look at wild caught versus farmed, there's always a price differential. Yeah. Right? The price of wild caught always seems to be higher. And also, at least in the stores that I yeah. shop in, when there's only certain times of the year where you see wild caught versus farmed. Right? So I tend to, maybe it's naive of me, but I tend exactly. to believe and they say wild card is not something that jumps out the farm net right but we never know we never know but yeah. even we don't know we don't and that's and that goes back to my original my, my point that i'm trying yeah, to make this thing we don't know what we're being fed it's not as straightforward as you know you see that guy over there growing lettuce for example and you say hey can i buy a lettuce off of you and he just take his knife out and chop it off from the ground and give it to you Okay, well, this came out of his garden. We don't know that. We don't know where food is coming from these days. And so it's hard to know. Not only do do you not know where food is coming from, but you don't know how it was grown or how it was cultivated. And so so all of that plays into the, the whole question of what is... What is this thing that I'm eating that's being called food by somebody? Is it really what I consider food? And half the time the answer is no, right? So as we continue advancing forward with the creation of more exotic foods and food-like items for consumption and for profit, we are escalating the biochemical production of food-like substances to a new level with the creation of food analogs. These new quote-unquote food offerings with sustainability as the raison d'etre is bringing us gems like vegetarian fish, meat-free burgers, chickenless eggs, and many people have the nerve to compare them to the real thing. In the last few months, we got the launching of all these big meats, the full meats, right? Have you had tried them? I try. I actually tried the uh, the burger, the um, mm-hmm. and how was the, it? The veggie burger, I guess you want to call it from from uh, Burger King. It it was it was it was weird. It was like it didn't like meat, and and I'm I don't know. Like I just tried it just to try it just to see, you know, what I mean, what it would taste like. But I kind of I don't I don't understand that whole thing with um like the vegetarian stuff and it's made to look like meat. I don't I don't get that. Like I I, I feel like like if, if you don't eat meat right and you're trying that's, to stay away from meat, that's why do an you interesting need things that question. look like meat? Right. If you it's if like, you it's say like you're kind vegan of, or whatever it's like you're kind of lying most, to yourself. Vegan, you're not you're not wanting to eat meat or or dairy for that matter. Why yeah. do you need an egg? Why do you need something to say <laughs> Or this thing that's formed into a shrimp, like I saw, I saw Curious. something like that. It was like formed, right. I and, I, and I and I was, I, I was just, it, it looked interesting. It looked interesting. I think, I, yeah. And yes, I think they're more. I think it, I felt like it was these things are more interesting scientifically. Food. They're interesting from from a from a curiosity standpoint. Yeah. But are they supposed to be nutritious? Yeah. As that's that's how they get us to buy it. Push. You know, these are supposed to be. For example, I had um, a discussion about, you know, all the um, functional foods, 
you know, you see all these companies marketing powders. So you just mix this with water and you drink it and you have your whole meal replacement for the day. Or you mix this and you get all your proteins for the day. These 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 functional foods are supposed okay. to provide you with all the nutrients and all the minerals and everything in one stop. So like one stop shopping for your nutrition, right? And all these things are proliferating alongside these fake foods. And what is the thing that they have in common? They are concocted in somebody's petri dish, right? And so how can you then turn around and say, you even use the word food, right? But then that goes back to the definitions. You see, you saw at the beginning, I, I mentioned the evolving exactly. definitions of food. And finally, we wound up in a place where food is anything that you can mix with anything and put it forward for consumption. Bottom line, I'm hungry and I don't really have time to cook. So therefore, here's, I don't know, your favorite uh, frozen food dinner or whatever. Here's them giving me this pretty looking thing on the, on the, on the, with the nice meal looking nice and juicy on the box. Yeah. That's what I'm going to eat without regard for what's on the back label. But now, but now what they do is, but what, because these companies know that people are trying in the least, like even if, even if they can't afford the pricey things that are, that appear to be more healthy, people are still trying to be as conscious as possible as far as uh, what they're consuming. So what these companies are doing now, they're putting as right next to the, the fancy picture of the mm -hmm. food, they're putting um, things like, you know, like X, um, X amount grams of protein, you know, vitamin this, vitamin that. And th this is uh, this is how they're also right. trying to sell us these things. <laughs> right, too. right. Mm -hmm. and, they're and, trying and, to make us feel you, like, you know, like this is healthy for you, don't consumer, worry. With no, you know, you haven't taken a course in nutrition or something like that, right? You don't know how they came up with that number. You don't know how did they come up that this 10 ounce piece of steak has 50 grams of protein and how much do I need? If you look at the label on the bottom, it says if you have a 2000 calorie diet, right? How many people know how many calories are in their daily diet every day? People don't keep track of those things, right? But here is something to yeah, make you feel at ease because one of the things I'm sure I know I do it I can in my head kind of average how much calories I'm getting a day based on what I see on the food label right or what I know this this food's supposed to contain but there's no way I am going to be even close to estimating my calorie count that day so what if I say I'm deluding myself into thinking, okay, I only had two Oreos today. That's less than 500 calories. Yeah. So in all, because I only had two Oreos and I had two cups of milk, mm, that's about a thousand calories or even 500 if I, do, if I really don't know. So by the end of the day, all the stuff that you eat, even like snacks, they have to count. So am I really nourishing myself optimally? I never, I don't know. But I was reading this thing where this guy was talking about a vegan egg. And I was curious and I was mad at the same time. Right? <laughs> An egg. When I say yeah. egg, right? I don't care what yeah, why? animal, what bird you look at. The egg laying at 
to look at. You have this picture in your mind of this round thing mm -hmm. that if you leave it long enough, another one of those species are going to come out of it, <laughs> right? What the heck is a vegan egg? And he was so excited to show <laughs> it was a tomato and the egg, you know how so you another vegan going to come out of that egg or whatever and the yolk <laughs> is still kind of yolky looking and yellow. It was tomato. And I got so mad. But I, I also, yeah, I also saw, like, I saw a couple of videos on YouTube. There's this guy, he, um, he made, he made fried chicken, vegan fried chicken. And basically he took, um, it was, I, I don't remember the vegetable, but he basically took a fruit and another vegetable. And like, he wrapped, he wrapped the fruit with like the skin of some vegetables <laughs> and he fried it. And, and I was just still like, I'm just looking I, at I, it and I'm like, you know, but, like, why? You know, like, when I, I don't, I don't <clears throat> understand why. When I think of language, this goes back to language, right? When I think language, language, we all speak English in the United States. Well, most of us speak English as the primary language of yeah. the United States is English. The primary language of Mexico is Spanish, right? When any Spanish speaker hears a certain word, it conjures up in their mind this one thing, right? Unless we're going into homophones and stuff like that, which is like a different egg. matter. But a word, as is expected of a language in any language, is supposed to conjure up something that is common to all the speakers of that language. So here we are, making things that has a solid definition, an egg, cheese, milk, mean different things these days and to me that goes back into this desire if you will this need to redefine what food is again and one of the biggest things that all these products have in common is their price point right i don't think food is getting redefined i think what's going on is like if you look up a word in the dictionary and there's there's the there's like the the first the primary definition like there's a definition and there's b definition and c mm -hmm, definition mm -hmm, i think mm -hmm. food i think the the definition of food they're just adding to what it you know you understand what i'm saying like they're just they're just adding like they're just adding to these like like they're just adding to it because i when i think about it i think about the milk section now when you mentioned milk thinking about how many different types of milk there are there's there's almond milk there's soy milk there's oat milk there's you know like there's so many different kinds of milk there's regular milk like i i thought i thought things were getting complicated when right 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 going into right. store and i started and seeing one percent two percent because when i was a kid there was just right. regular milk but, and there was skim milk i think I, I disagree on the fact of the you know, definition like that, i understand what you mean was by it. you know you have multiple definitions for a word to so take the word bear right bear b-a-r it can be an animal it can be to yeah. carry something right but just think of a kid growing up in this time right and every day you're being okay. fed cheese you're being fed milk let's let's take with a milk example you're being fed milk yeah. and your mom buys almond milk right and you <laughs> And you go, you go to your friend's house, okay. and their mom 
<laughs> give you, offer you a glass of regular tradition. What we, what we conjure up in our mind when we hear milk, and it's this white, creamy thing that that you get a mustache with, right? You know, remember all the mustache commercials back in the day where somebody milk and you get a mustache. And you don't get that soft milk. You don't get that yeah. with all these other be- uh, nut milks, right? Mm-hmm. So, what as a kid, what are you thinking? Oh my gosh, is this milk? This is not milk. My oh. mom said, this other thing is milk. And here you are saying it's milk. So that is what I mean. Now, for that generation, you have just added confusion to what is milk? What is cheese? Right? And so... Unless you have a parent that says, you know, this is a vegetable-based milk, but this is cow's milk. This is different animals have milk. And then we're making milk from non-animal products. But who goes into that? Because all your concern is as a parent is to get your kid to eat the whatever, right? So who goes into that? I don't, I haven't seen any educational materials to advance that idea, advance those ideas that yes, we have ways of simulating. <laughs> call them simulation. Might yeah, you might you might you, if, if but you then look, you might what is the what is video the video on YouTube or something discussing? Me, my my, my bigger question is why do we need to call no. it milk? Right? Why do we need to call ground up nuts with some seasoning in a cheese right nope. cheese is exactly. the fat and the cream from milk cow's milk right that's the original definition that's the definition that has been with us for as long as milk has been around right you squeeze mm-hmm. the you know those commercials or, or the farm animal and in the morning that's milk right so i i i still it's frustrating for me when i see that because now you have introduced another complexity in what what this particular type of food is and i don't think i don't think they're marketing it i don't think they see see, the way you said like it's frustrating to you i don't think that, they have you in mind when they're marketing this stuff. I think they have consumers, uh, right? in mind. So we have to give these, for the, for the sake of profit, we have to mm-hmm. introduce these things early, right? You know, so so yeah. But I, there was a there was a um a discussion one time on the radio about people who raise beef and cattle for meat. They were badly trying to battle the word meat with these companies who are making the full meats or the word meat they were trying to get them to say this is not meat right i don't know where that argument is right now you know it has to go through legislative stuff and all that but that goes back to the premise of what i'm saying this is not meat as we know it if we just step back for a second and think of all the words in the last few years that we have redefined Right, we have redefined what they mean. Right? What does that do to communication? Fundamental purpose of speech is communication. What has that done? What has that redefinition done to communication? It makes it vague. It makes it makes words mean nothing. 
You know that you know that saying. You know, you're a man of your word. It's made right? it vague. What is that word now? I don't know. I I, I don't I don't. I'm not sure. Ambi- ambiguity, right? It 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 makes everything ambi- ambiguous. Exactly. And so that that whole what does ambiguity foster? Confusion. What is caught? Co- what is confusion foster? Conflict. I think that's a bigger that's a that's a that's another discussion that as far as the um what words right, mean the ambiguity right, 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 right. you'll you'll have people there there are certain people who communicate that way to keep you in the dark. Confident people are in control. And if you're communicating and you don't feel in control, how confident are you going to be? You're not. So this is why, this is why food is where it's starting. It's starting. It started. It has to start with this fundamental thing. Everybody has to eat. And if we create such confusion around food, power, that's, that's what it goes to. And that, and that, as we go on here, is I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you how this. We're gonna discuss how this ambiguity is leading to health issues and confidence issues, right? So, I have this article that I'm gonna post the link on on the website for. It's an article that a reporter from the UK did in 2015, where she went to like this food conference, right? You know, all the manufacturers and stuff get to bring out their latest and greatest things that they did. And, you know, they want to provide for use in foods, right? And it's a fascinating article because it just, it just, it's, it kind of, explains what we've been talking about all along where these concoctions that are being made some of them are secret why do you need ingredients in my food to be why can i know what's in there right why can i am eating this thing and here you are depriving me of the knowledge of what i'm eating right it it is it is but it it raises your your suspicions but she did a great job and i'll put it on the website um for for you to read but it's um it just exemplifies the the way that food is being used to again decrease you and who you are your autonomy as a human being and 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 basically control you have you seen food incorporated what is it about that's a very, very, very good documentary on food. Basically, essentially, like the the one thing I saw, it's, I saw it a while ago. It's, it's kind of old. I think maybe 2007 or something like that. But the one thing I do remember is basically they were telling yes. us that all the products that we see on our shelves, all the different names and all these things, that a lot of these things come from the same place. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 the way I picture it, I picture it as like. Okay, like let's just say, let's just say, like let's picture picture a cow. Like we get a cow, we get a cow in the um, 
and they slaughter it. And the first, the first person, the first person on the, the first person on the totem pole, he gets the best cuts. Then the next person in line, you get, you get whatever's left. And then the, when you finally get to the last person who has the scraps, like the things that nobody wants, everybody is making something from this cow for us to eat. You know what I mean? But the the quality, the quality, like like let's just say like the the organic, to whereas everybody as you go down the line, the person who got the, the I guess the less favorable cuts from to the make cow, it make it viable to, food. They had right? to add more things saying? to it. That's <laughs> just just picturing that is exactly. You know what I mean, so it's you know because because yeah because because like if you think about it if you think about it in one section of the store we have um we have beef and then you can walk right, over to a whole another section and you can find corn beef <laughs> and the corn beef and when i think about corn beef i think about it like you know what so these are all and and even going a step further right, you, right, then you can go right, to right. a whole another section and you can buy hot dogs, hot dogs right? you know oh, so everybody is utilizing a piece and then if you want to even if you if you want to even blow somebody's uh-huh. mind you can go to a whole nother section and you can buy some glue right <laughs> so everybody is getting a piece of this cow somebody everybody's using a piece of this cow for something i remember when i was you know what little, we being poor we ate a lot of vegetables and stuff from the market every saturday morning we had to go to the market with the basket I mean, my mom used to go to the fast, go, go to the market and come back home with all these vegetables and stuff, whatever mm-hmm. was offered in the market. And at school, I had friends and they had like for their lunch. Yeah. I used to go home for lunch. So my friends at school bought their lunch. They would have like potted meat and corned beef sandwiches and stuff like that. And I was so envious because I'm like, it smells so good. Yep. <laughs> and so I wanted that. Right? You actually were and better was, off because you had the fresh vegetables. And my sister, she, one day she got, she used to do home ec stuff. And she got potted meat and she bought it home. And it was this tiny little can. It was, it was expensive, you know. She was like, it was expensive. You gotta, you gotta eat only a little bit kind of thing. And she opened the can and it was like, ew. Right? It just looked really gross. But she seasoned it up not she yeah. looked like cat food. She's like, nice, food? and she gave it to us on these little sandwiches that she had made. Yeah. It was really good. And so I sort of was like, hmm, I like this. You know? mm-hmm. This is what I've been missing. But as you get older, this, this you is realize what I've been missing. Thing, like you said, is some nether part of the animal. Mm-hmm. And here it was packaged for consumption. Right, so it, it, yeah. is, it is fascinating. That's a fascinating clue exactly. from the hooves, from the hooded to the tooth. <laughs> yeah, like you said, the, the hot dogs. I don't eat hot dogs. I never understood what hot dogs were, so I never really. I never. Hot dogs. Hot. Dog, hot I, I. I think hot dogs are. You know what? You know what? I think. You know how I think you can Aww. people can discover what these things actually are like. If you boil it long enough, <laughs> it'll swell up back into its original form and its original state. You know what I mean, you might be able to make out an organ or something like that. But I think they're like they're, 
because um, some people they make jokes and they say they're grinding up lips and ears and all this things. <laughs> I think it, I think I think that's you know that's actually what's going on. They're grinding up all these things. You grind it and you puree it into a into a state, right, and then right, you right, right, put it right, inside this right. casing and then you boil yeah. it. And, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Originally, it started as like like mm-hmm. these these methods and these ways like 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 as far as like thinking about the potted meat. Like a lot of these things, a lot of these things started as like ways to preserve food for like people going into war and 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 stuff like that, or you know what I mean these types of scenarios, or like just just to to help to help certain certain places like where people were hungry and they 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 couldn't like like farmland farmland wasn't wasn't suitable and you couldn't grow anything there and you couldn't raise any any livestock things like that. So right. Right. these these ideas originally started as as ways to help people. And then slowly, with time, they became, you know, people got dollar signs but, but, in their but, eyes. But and they're like, you know, you we can actually this make a lot of money doing this. Right? Thing. This was purposeful for times of scarcity, right? But now it's become commonplace that these are the go-to yeah. foods. These are these are the main dish, if you will, that you're supposed to be, or, or here it is preferred for you to eat every day. Bam! I... I yeah, think, like spam is a delicacy I in Hawaii. I one time. I think it's like an acronym. I think it's an acronym, but wow. I think it's an acronym for some kind of meat. Spiced ham. Oh. Spiced ham. That's what it is, and um, it's the, the acronym stands for Special Process American Meat. Again, here we are. This was something created during the war to provide people with protein, right? (laughs) But here today, it's like a go-to meat for a lot of people, Mm -hmm. a go-to meal in a can. You know, so yeah, so that's 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 according to my little uh (laughs) (sighs) that now you know what it means. It's not a word. Okay, we know where fruits and vegetables come from, right? There's no, well, I can't say there's no question these days because I saw, um, have you seen uh, candy, uh, candy grapes? They're these grapes that have been uh, made, cultivated, so they are like super, super sweet when you go to the fair and you get a cotton candy they're called cotton candy grapes <laughs> this is not what a grape is supposed to taste like it was just it was probably super too sweet, sweet right? you know like if you just drink straight up icing sugar just 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 it just hits you and it was like whoa too sugar much water. too soon but it had uh, a whole bunch of them and they look nice and everything i'm like no i'm okay i i'm okay because yeah, yeah. when I think of a grape, even though you have different uh, different varieties of grape, it should not be artificially induced to be so sweet, you know. But but we have all these things. We have all these different varieties of apples these days. Yeah. Also, I see some of them sugar apple. You know, all these different brands of apple that are being modified genetically modified to enhance some supposedly desirable flavor in it to entice people to eat it or whatever but here we are going away from again 
what is a natural apple. And I don't even and, think know, we, I don't even think we even know what a real apple tastes like as the tree grows it just grows and it's abundant in fruit but the fruit doesn't look pretty it doesn't look nice and shiny you know how you nice firm nice and round and stuff like that it doesn't look like that and so people wouldn't buy that in the store right yeah but those aesthetics yes yeah fruits are selected but, I don't know. It, but a few years like ago, that? there was a big thing where people—I'm sure yeah, it still is—where people were yeah. talking about how much food gets thrown out because of aesthetics. You know, we have a company. We have a company that called um, Perfect Produce. That's what they call themselves. They two-legged carrot and the 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 the, um, the orange with a little extra, you know, stuff like that. And these are things that didn't make the standard cut. Like how you're talking about the cut, the, the cow, how it got the yeah. first cut, and then the second tier, third tier, fourth tier. So these are probably fourth tier uh-huh. fruit, but they're still fruit, right? But we don't yep. have these in the stores anymore because they don't look good, right? Yeah. So, so, yeah. so here we are. We only know for sure, to a certain extent, where we get food from as far as meat if it's like a cut of meat and you can see the lines and you can see the fat and you can see the bone or whatever and you know where some fruit comes from but other than that and vegetables vegetables you you can't really i don't know you can't put a vegetable you can't screw up a vegetable enough to make it in a processing factory how is that but we know where these things come from and i think I would, that to me is food. I know where it came from. I know the providence of this thing, right? I know that this thing grew outside in the sun or, or was raised outside in the in the sun, in the soil and stuff like that. That to me is food. When I see like in a can and stuff like that, somebody did something to that for it to sit in the can and last for years. You have to do something to it. Right. I don't want you to help me with my cook my food like that because I don't know what you're putting in it. Yeah. Right. So, so, so. Can I add to that? Because um, mm-hmm. also what we don't mm-hmm. realize, too, is that we're consuming these preservatives. Because because they're because they're being infused into the food. Like I, I remember I remember years ago, my aunt, she um, she she liked those, you know, the little cans of Vienna sausages she asked me she asked me to make it for her and you know what i mean like on the stove or whatever like and when when i was making it he was cutting them up or whatever and then she said make sure you put the juice that's in the can make sure you put that in there and i was thinking to myself and i was like i was like no i was like why would you want that like you know i didn't argue with her i was you know i had said something to her but she was like no just put it in there you know and then like years later I think I think she I I don't know I don't know exactly what's going on with her health but um, I heard something you know that she's that she's dealing with something and I that's the first thing I thought about you know that that she'd like to 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 put the juice from the can in there and I was thinking to myself like how does she like like how do we know like like that that these things like are not affecting us in a negative way like you're you're mm-hmm. drinking this like whatever these 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 ingredients whatever was in that juice has been put in there in safe and insignificant amounts but as you said it builds up in the system over time but when do they become unsafe and significant right when do they start affecting you as a person 
we don't know that. And like I mentioned before, nobody is willing to undertake those kind of studies, right? So one of the things we're seeing a lot of is that more and more people are becoming sensitive to foods, right? And the, the you know, you, you see all these different trends of food on, on the internet and stuff like that. Everybody's trying to go natural food. And it's because, according to their accounts, anecdotal accounts of that, they're saying they feel better, they feel healthier. And most people who go that route don't ever go back to eating processed food, right? And so that, to me, is instructive as to what these hyper-processed foods are doing to us as a species. You know, we cannot, they're not benign, how is that? They're not benign and they're not something that they have an effect because we have not taken the time to decide that what that what that effect is doesn't mean that they are you know it's okay it's like eating lettuce right so and and also we're not noticing because we've ate we've eaten these things for so long and and a lot of people you start eating these things when you're in the womb because your parent your your mother is eating processed food while you're while you're being used as a baby Baby. This is so normal. You grow up. Perfect. Exactly. Good always, point. Always Good feel point. This way. So if you, you don't like know what health shift. is, you think you have it because you're up and walking around. Like like people who drink alcohol, for example. When they're sober, they tell you, my head is clear. Right? What does that mean? I don't know what that means because I don't drink alcohol. So I don't know what not being clear in the head means. Yeah. But I could also have some way I can I can also be yeah. in some way compromised that I think my head is clear but it actually not I need to do this thing other thing for my head to be really clear you know so that's the, that's the whole thing with the food you think you're healthy but you're really not because you don't know what that health and vigor really is supposed to be the supposed health and vigor you're supposed to be, have from eating good food what it really is one of the other things that I that I also look at is supplements. Supplements. I was going to say I was going to say something about those earlier, um, in regards to these supplements, like 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 when you were just saying about they added they they re-enrich the flour after they take out the good stuff out of it. So another thing that we fail to realize is that like let's so let's just use like something like vitamin C for example. If we get it from an orange, it's better because the vitamin C that we're getting from the orange is it's accompanied by like let's just say like fiber or something like what like everything else that the orange that the orange has to offer is brought with this vitamin C. So if you just if you just take vitamin C out of something and you just like taking a vitamin C tablet, it's not gonna have the same the same quality to it. Everything that's included in that package of that fresh fruit and vegetable are in there in amounts, in in percentages, in in, yeah. in certain, you know, in a proper amounts for you to be able uh-huh. to assimilate into your body. Because just think, if you doses. take 500 milligrams of vitamin C in a tablet, how much of it are you really getting into your body, right? How much of it is really being absorbed and utilized in your body? I'm sure it's much less than if you say you eat two oranges a day, right? 
And not only that, but like you said, you're not getting all the other things that go along with this vitamin C. And it's, it's the same for all nutrients. But here we are being offered, you know, you can take the supplement. If you take all these supplements, you're going to yes. have your full daily nutrients for the day. And I think that's, that's absolutely misleading. But who is pushing back against it? There are some people pushing back against it, but these things need to be regulated, I think, on a deeper level from the, the top, the federal level. Yes, and also, too, just, just the same way how um, we have the orange with the vitamin C and it has it, it's a whole package, like you said. The, the tablet that we have with the vitamin C it is it's also a whole package but the other things that are in it we're not we're, we, like like we said before we don't really know what else is going on in this tablet it makes sense from a business standpoint because if i if i were a person and i grew oranges and i and i had this orange in my hand and i realized okay i can make orange juice with this orange i can make orange extract from the peels i can make you know what i mean there's several different things that i can do with this orange to make money you know what I mean? I can, I can use the pulp from more the fibers more so like, to multi-purpose, multi-purpose, one And this is what people are going to do. And this is Instead what they do. of selling you the whole orange for you, you know? to get the whole thing yourself. No, but if they do sell you the whole orange, they'll sell it to you at a price to where, to where you know, I'm, if, if I sell you this whole orange, then I'm going to make sure I get my money's worth too, because right. I could have made money right. off and of it from the extract. I could have made money off of the juice. Could have made that. So I'm, so I'm going to include all these things the in the foods. price and, and the food that's good. So, so the the idea no, is so, no, that no, when you go into a supermarket, um, let's say you go into a big supermarket, talk, talk, talk about usually that. I don't, I don't understand. Like lettuce and the greens and stuff like that are located against the side walls, right? It's mm -hmm. and those are the things that you're supposed to eat versus in the middle of the supermarket where all the shelves are stacked up with all the canned stuff and all the, you know, processed That's where you're not supposed to, um, you're supposed to spend the predominance of your money and your time on the periphery. Okay, I understand. But the, the other part of that is these things like lettuce and all that mm. stuff, they go bad, right? They go bad. They go bad quicker than canned green beans, mm. right? So you have to cook. So that introduces another thing. Who has time to yes, cook? Exactly. Right? Most people don't make cooking a priority and there's yeah. multi, a multitude of excuses that could come up with. So one of, one of, the, one of the premises of my, uh, my um, argument today for this discussion is about how these substances of poor quality that we are being um, given to eat is having an impact on our health. I talked in the last episode how we're going yeah. to be using this series on self-confidence from a viewpoint of attention, right? Attention is time and time is health, right? If we don't have health, we don't have time, right? And then if you, so if you're sick, you don't have time for anything except cultivate, you know, getting yourself better. So these quality substances, they're having an impact on our health and our, our lifespan and they're forcing us into a particular way of conducting our life because not only of ill health, but also because of time, right? I, th I think they're forcing us to become dependent. They're forcing us to become de to become dependent on the other substances that they have because you you, you, right. you, you eat this junk, right. you know, next thing you know, you're going to need this medicine. 
you know what I mean? It's just it's it's, and it's, so it's this, all a it's all like a maze. Said, like you know, you know a directed maze because you have ill health, you have high blood pressure because there's too much sodium in the spam or whatever. And so now that diminishes your autonomy. That diminishes your ability to be who you think you need to be because you can't you don't have the stamina to be who you think you be. That decreases your self-esteem because now, oh my gosh, I feel like a lousy person because I can't even run around outside with my kids or I can't even make it up the stairs. And so there goes your self your self-esteem and there goes your mental health. Right? And so instead of having a robust and healthy life, you become sicker earlier with a host of chronic diseases. And then, like you said, you need the management, you need the medical management. And then what does medical management entail? Again, a whole host of chemicals that help you manage whatever, right? This tablet, this tablet thing with this blood pressure management chemical, who knows what it is really? It is something. What do you have for like, because all this conversation is making me think about like, like as far as like being a parent. I know, I know parents like the people that are really good parents and they, they have young kids and they feed them, you know, they feed them fruits and vegetables and stuff like that all the time, like healthy things. And then you find the parent is not eating is healthy. You know what I mean? And then, you, you know, like the parent, like, like, like I hear people say stuff like, you know, like they struggle with their weight or whatever the case may be. But right. And, and that's the feeding their right? kid, As they, parents, they're feeding them super the healthy. Kids, so we try to sacrifice to do the best for our kids <laughs> without think, without regard for our own health. And without thinking that that kid is looking at to you as an example. One of the things I've realized over the years with my kids is that they don't listen to what you say. They look at what you do. They look at what you do. And so those parents that are doing something opposite to what they're trying to instill in their kids, it's only a matter of time, right? It's only a matter of time before the kid rebels and you're not doing it, so why should I do it? Right? And you you know, you know that, you know how that comes, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. That, that commercial, so that, that commercial. It's I learned it by watching you. you do, <laughs> not listen to what you say. <laughs> that doesn't mean they don't remember, but they do what you do. So, if you kind of think about, I know a lot of people say, you know, it's 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 more expensive to eat healthy, and I disagree with that. I disagree with that because remember how there's some commercials out there that says you're supposed to eat stuff from the periphery of the grocery store. The periphery is where you find the fresh fruits and vegetables, right? If you go, okay. let's say you're going to find, let's say green beans are in okay. season. You're going to find a pound of green beans for $1.50 or whatever. And you say you buy two pounds, whatever. And then you're going to go into the inner side of the store and you're going to find 10 kinds of green beans because they're on sale, 99 cents each. So, you want to get, let's say, four cans of green beans for two pounds of fresh green beans, right? Think about the cost as far as money, monetary costs. Okay. Yes, the cans are cheaper, but health costs, which is cheaper, right? The good stuff. Time costs, the cans are cheaper. But when you're sick, what do you, what's the only thing you have? Time. Right? You think about that? Think about it that way. And if you think about it that way, here's time you're not working. 
here's time you're not able to do what you need to be doing to take care of yourself. So did you really save time? It's a false sense. It's a false comparison. There's nothing that I can think of that is more expensive. That's a time saver. And while you were explaining, yeah, while you were explaining that, I was also thinking too that maybe if you're eating those foods from the from the, the perimeter of the store, you're probably exactly. like exactly. you're you're, because you're probably not hungry these, as, um, as often. Uh, things on the internet that shows you different types of food and how they fill up your stomach, right? So you know, there's there's a difference between fullness. You know that Thanksgiving feel like your belly's gonna burst. Fullness being satisfied you didn't eat a eat a bunch but you feel satisfied so satiety yeah. right so if you ever look at any of these fancy cooking okay. shows and stuff and you see that they bring you this big old plate and the plate has okay. a small amount of food on it they're not going for fullness that always baffled me I, that always upset me like like they're why would i pay all this money for this little little bit of food. fullness they're right. going for brain satiety that part in your brain that tells you you you're good here you you've had enough Right. So one of the things that um, as far as food and satiety is concerned, fullness versus satiety model, there's these pictures on the web that show you when you eat calorie for calorie, all the all the calories are equivalent versus oil versus meat versus grains versus vegetables. Which one do you think that you would derive the most fullness from? Um. Oil, meat, grains or vegetables? I would think, I would think um, maybe grains. Nope, vegetables. Vegetables, pound for pound, calorie for calorie. You can only eat so much vegetables. Think how much, think how big, the biggest salad you can eat, right? After a while, you feel like, oh, full, right? Uh Whereas one of the things that why I don't really particularly eat fast food much anymore is that after you eat fast food, no matter how much you get, about an hour later, you're hungry Still again. Hungry. You're hungry again. But if you eat vegetables, you stay fuller longer. Moreover, you get more of the nutrients because vegetables and fruit are where you get the minerals and vitamins that you need to do your body processes, right? You, th- that's nourishment. And so if you eat more vegetables, you are always fuller longer, right? So you would think there's some you would think this would be blazed on on the on the big billboards and everything rather than Campbell's soup right but but here's another here's another another way in which we are being led to think oh this has vegetables in it but if you turn around that can and you see the amount of sodium it has in it which is a preservative i have to preserve these vegetables in this broth thing to be able to present it to you in a can Right, so yep. you're not getting the bang for your buck, if you will, from all the other stuff that you're eating, because when you eat vegetables, when you eat grains, when you eat beans and peas, you feel fuller longer. There's this uh, other podcast where this guy talks about um, uh, money stuff, and he he always says it's kind of his little thing. He says beans and rice and beans beans and rice right i think dave Dave ramsey podcast or something like that he always says that that's the way you eat to save money 
And I don't know if he is aware of when you eat beans and rice and rice and beans, you're much healthier. Not only can you save money, but you're much healthier in the long run. So you have time to make more money. You have energy so, um, to make more money. So when you say um, beans, you, you're more referring to like the dry beans that you buy that you can get, not not the canned stuff. Well, yes, I'm talking about the dry beans that you can get that you have to soak overnight, stuff like that. The canned stuff, like we talked about, who knows what's in what is it's been soaking in this water for? Who knows how long? And what's in the water? We don't know, right? There, there's certain. So when you cook, uh, for example, chickpeas, garbanzo beans, right? They come in the can, and the water is this thick, gumpy stuff. Yeah, oily looking stuff. Uh, right? Yeah. I don't want to use that. I want to pour it off. Yeah, but these I, beans have been sitting in there. Hmm? You actually want to rinse them off. You wanna, right? Because who knows? Who knows? Again, who knows what's in there? The other thing with cans to me, it's a great way to preserve stuff. But this is a metal can, right? This is a metal thing, right? And remember, I don't know if you know, but tomatoes, for example, acidic foods. You know how you go to the store and you buy a can of food and it's those, those, yeah, food. those cans are thicker than a normal right. can. What happens? You can get poisoned from a dented can. So if you can get poisoned by the introduction of air into a dented can, right? What exactly is in that air? That's what I think about. You know, so that that that's why I'm a big proponent of eat fruits and vegetables, grains and beans, and you would be much healthier and you would save so much more money in the long run. I remember I always like lentil peas, right? Always, always, always. And back in the day, let's say 10 years ago, I can go to the store and get lentil peas for maybe hmm, 65 cents for a pound or something like that. Today, it's like over a dollar. And it makes me so mad because that was once considered poor people fruit. <laughs> get so irritated. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, now it's organic, artisanal, all this, all these extra fancy words. All this, right, yeah. right. It, it, it is no longer poor people food. Your lentils got, your lentils got gentrified. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you, you can say that. But a lot of people are realizing that these are the food that actually provides you with nourishment. And you don't need to yeah. add supplements to it. You know, you don't need to supplement anything to help you out. You get all your nutrients from these foods. So one of the things I am a big proponent of is that in order to exercise your autonomy and regain your self-confidence is to know what you're eating. And the only way you know what you're eating is if you prepare your own food, right? Okay. I like to think about what I'm putting in my mouth. And if I don't know what it is, I kind of get suspicious. You know, I don't know, did you use lard? Did you use stale oil? You know, I don't know. So I like to know what I'm putting in my mouth. And this is a way of me exercising my autonomy because I am in control. I am this minimal control, but I'm in control of what I put in my mouth. 
And so if you devote your yeah. time and energy to eating wholesome, well-prepared food, food that you can identify all the ingredients, basically seasonal fruits and vegetables and simple ingredients, beans and rice, you would be feeling healthier, you will be healthier, and you would not be plagued by chronic diseases that are culling your lifeline, your lifeblood from you, right? And this new health and vitality that you're going to experience is going to give you the ability to do the things that you want that builds up your self-esteem, your, self your self-confidence, right? So that is how you can use food to enhance your self-confidence, right? Many years ago, um, Hippocrates, the father of medicine, said, let food be thy medicine and medicine be, the, be thy food. And he lived 2,400 years ago or so. He didn't have all the fancy stuff, the additives and the artificial ingredients and, and artificial colors and all that in his food, right? And he found that his simple fare was providing him with health and vitality, enough to make this quote. So that should also tell you what you should be doing uh, to, to be healthy today. So, okay. so food, if you look at food, right? Food is something that we have to do, right? It's, it's like breathing. We have to eat food. We have to breathe, right? And we all make a fuss about breathing good air, right? We, we, we don't want to breathe smoggy air. We don't want to breathe smog from the, uh, uh, the exhaust from the car, right? We want to breathe clean air, right? So if we look at food in the same way, we want to eat clean food because food that is not of exceptional value is not going to facilitate your health, right? And so if we look at food and air on the same level, we would make better choices. If we insist on knowing where the food was sourced from, and you know, it's 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 uh, you know, these 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 animals grew up eating grass or 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 in the sunlight, then yeah. we, we we do better. Think about what happens when you go outside into the sunlight and into the a green space. You feel better. You letting nature nourish you. Yeah. Do you hmm? eat chicken? No. No. Do you eat really. chicken? No. Okay. It it's I am not I have no desire to eat meat. You know how some people, oh, I must have a steak. I just have, I don't have that. I, 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 I from, from what I understand from like people who stopped eating, like one, like one, one guy articulated it, he articulated it well. And it, and it brought me back to the phrase, um, when they say mm -hmm. you are what you eat. So he, he, he said when he stopped eating meat, he stopped behaving <laughs> like an animal, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And I, and I and I found it interesting. I was, you know, I was thinking about it and I was thinking about, you know, animals and how they mm -hmm. behave. And I, and I was kind of thinking about chicken. And I was saying, I was like, I wonder if, you know, I wonder if like me eating chicken is making chicken. me like, like always. Yeah, because they like, like the, if, if you look at the way chickens eat, chickens eat almost anything right, right, off right. the floor, like kind of like, not to say, not to say I'm eating off the floor, but like it, it, it made me more susceptible to just be eating a bunch of junk and I'm not really paying attention right, to what right. I'm eating. Just like, eating to you fill your I mean? craw kind of thing. I see what you're saying. Well, I was gonna I was gonna just like make the same comparison like to like to eating beef, like like the way a, a, a cow behaves. You know what I mean? There's an interesting movie on Netflix called Game Changers. And although they don't go into um 
that thing you bring up about eating meat makes you feel take on the characteristics of the animal eating i don't know about that but it shows you how eating a more vegetable fruit vegetable based diet how much stronger it makes you overall right yeah they 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 profiled a bunch of elite athletes who were doing this thing eat, eating vegan diets basically and they showed you how much longevity they had in their chosen sport and as you know to perform at world class levels you need to be on you need to be on it you need to be healthy right and they show you how these yeah. athletes year after year after year were able to sustain that level of performance longer than people who did not there's an interesting clip in there about um the MMA boxers that was interest that's very interesting to me and they showed you just one guy he went from being a mediator to a not a mediator and his performance improved simple simple thing only thing he did was not be a mediator so that tells you i'm not i'm not saying everybody should be vegan i'm not promoting any 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 uh, food choices agenda the only thing i'm saying is if you predominantly eat things that you can recognize rice beans vegetables fruit you are so much more healthy and you do so much better you are able to have so much more autonomy and in in general you would have more self esteem so that's the that's my whole point and i think we had an excellent discussion about it but it sounds like what you're saying is it sounds like what you're saying also is that uh depending on what you what you put into your body you'll be able to mm-hmm. concentrate mm-hmm. better mm-hmm. Anyway. and you would make better choices overall you just make better choices overall next time i want to continue our discussion about how to use your attention and time to bolster your self confidence by becoming more mindful of what you're opening your mind to what you're consuming putting into your thoughts and how they will color your life i hope you enjoyed this discussion until next time continue to appreciate and value yourself your gifts talents and abilities and stay healthy and safe as a reminder of your inherent value say with me i'm good enough i'm strong enough i'm powerful enough I'm capable enough. I'm loved, lovable, and loving. Thank you to our first guest, Erks. Excellent discussion. See you another time. Yeah, you already um, know. Peace everybody. Thank you for joining us once again on the Inner Odyssey. I'm ever grateful for the time you're taking to listen and participate in this discussion. Share the show and subscribe to our podcast on anchor.fm/theinnerodyssey, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. Until we meet again, care enough to act with virtue, dream despite your deepest fears, live honestly, with dignity and grace, and above all, love without expecting reciprocation as you continue your inner honesty.